all the gods that we use today are they're going to continue to fall apart. They're all collapsing. And the only true way to be an atheist is to be like Jesus. Because an atheist, in the true sense of the word, is the one who recognizes that the gods are not gods. They're just hidden victims. Yeah. As a young mother, I experienced a paradigm shift that transformed how I saw education and ultimately the world around me. I started this podcast, The Luminous Mind, to connect with and learn from people who are disrupting the status quo in how they learn, educate, and live in the world around them. Prepare for a paradigm shift. Light a candle. Light your world. Benjamin Franklin said, instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle. You're listening to The Luminous Mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. This is the third and final part of the full conversation that we had with David Gernoski. Through this series, we have learned the definition of the mimetic theory, as well as scapegoating and how they have worked together through the mythology of man, kind of in our human history of how we've solved our problems. As we talk with David Gernoski in this session, though, we learn more about how we can implement these ideas and recognize them in our world today and how we can work to rid ourselves of the medic theory as well as scapegoating to become more whole and more loving to our neighbors around us. I hope you enjoy this conversation as we flip what it means to be religious as well as the true atheist on its head. It's not about just pick a better team and we're the good guys. Then we're doing the same thing that the Pharisees were doing, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, we just get the pure ideology right and then we'll get it right. No, you're still missing it. But that's what's going to happen to any country, any group, any church that doesn't let go of the sacrificial violence when they encounter the story of Jesus, that they will destroy themselves. And that's exactly what's happening now. That's why the drug war is ravaging our neighborhoods. That's why it's destroyed so many families. Because Jesus says, don't resist evil with violence. So if you think selling drugs is evil, you can't resist it with violence. Again, it's not like just don't do something. It's a way of destroying it. Because if we would legalize drugs, we would destroy the cartels. We would destroy the violent gangs. And we wouldn't have had as many addictive substances come onto the black market. Because a black market makes the substance more addictive dirtier, more polluted with dangerous chemicals like fentanyl and all these things, accidental overdoses because you can't get your drug in a, in a safe and uh, accountable way. So you get these accidental taints with uh, fentanyl mixed in on accident because these amateurs are sitting in their living room mixing and cutting drugs and, and adding little things in there and not knowing the right dosage and blah, blah, yeah. blah. That's what happens in a black market. So we're reaping the whirlwind of the chaos of mimetic violence that is basically going to lead us to something worse than what other communities of the ancient world have had. And here's why. Because the ancient world still, they still kind of believed in the power of sacrificial violence, but we don't. We're still trying to do it, right? Yeah. But there's never going to be a president that has 99% of the public supporting it, right? Yeah. We're split. We're continually split because we're not unified in our sacrificial violence. We all believe in scapegoats. But we can't, can't decide which can't agree one. <laughs> on who the scapegoats are and who the villains are. We don't yeah. know. That's because of Jesus. He's splitting and breaking apart our ability to unify. In the ancient world, everybody knew who the bad guys were and they knew who the good guys were. And the winners were the good guys 
and the losers were the bad guys. The sick people were the bad guys. The foreigner was the bad guy. You know, they were the losers. They were lower on the hierarchy, and the and the people at the top were the winners, the the good people, the pretty people, the whatever people, and they were the winners, and the losers were the losers, and that's just the way the world is. And then Jesus broke that because it was based on a lie. It was based on violence, and now we're dealing with an identity crisis because we see what he's telling us unconsciously, but we don't want to fully embrace it. Yeah. We're still clean for our little pacifier of I more, and then we'll then we'll get real. You know, then we'll do it eventually. Just let me let me pass a new bill and let me do you know let me let me take over healthcare with eighty trillion dollars and coercively control it, and let me take over energy and coercively control it. And yeah. all of these things are done in the name of victims, right? They want to take over healthcare because now. Now we have to sacrifice in the name of little victims, of the least of these. Now we have to say, well, we have to have big government coercion for health care because people are sick and dying and they're poor and they need help. Or we need to control the entire energy economy because people are going to be drowning when the ocean rises and poor people are, are without food and animals die. So we have to stop them from being sacrificed and we have to sacrifice the right people like the rich or the capitalists or whatever or Republicans or whatever it is, and then, and then if we sacrifice the right people and tear them apart and, and put them down with force, then the least of these will be saved from climate catastrophe. Yeah. You see what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. always the same story. The first time I kind of got a hint of scapegoating was reading the Communist Manifesto and then seeing a lot of the stuff. You know, I've read a lot of books of, of what's gone on with uh, the denouncements uh, of people in China, you know, and that's still going on today, you know, that they have to denounce, you know, their neighbor, they have to denounce and that's that scapegoat thing. But we do that all the time. And we don't even realize that, you know, we're, we're using that scapegoat. And I think that's the difference between the generations. I kind of want to get back to that as we close up our, our discussion here. The baby boomer kind of thing, they want to sacrifice their children basically for their own comfort now. But we see the millennials and the, I, I guess the baby boomers is what I would see as the, the alt-right, like the, the Christian <laughs> believer who makes God in his own image. And a lot of these millennials, uh, maybe even some generations Xers are kind of throwing that off because they're realizing they're they're basically being sacrificed for because uh, I don't know for the comfort of older people basically I, I don't know how to how to say this but anyway um, what do you see kind of on the horizon I mean what I'm seeing is like millennials are now going they're going away from religion they're going away from Jesus Christ because they've seen that it's in this made-up image of what their parents had you know, and they recognize the scapegoats, but they're making their own. You know, that's where I feel some worry, I guess. <laughs> uh, what's your, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, how can we even this out? I mean, it's like the pendulum swinging from one side to the other all the time. And it kind of needs to even out in the middle so that we don't end up destroying ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's just you cannot mirror the same. If you feel like you've been unjustly treated from a generation before you, you, that doesn't give you a right to go vote and try to get power to push government coercion back in your favor and against them. That's that's mimetic rivalry. Mm -hmm. You're mimicking. So if you've been unjustly treated or you feel that way. Well, and we, we see that social he, justice. You know, he doesn't tell the leper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, mm -hmm. yeah. the social justice. He doesn't justice. tell the leper or the poor person. Yeah. Now that I've healed you, you can go and get revenge on the people who let you get sick. You know, he doesn't do that. Right. Yeah. He does. So he doesn't tell he doesn't tell Israel, OK, I'm healing you. I'm empowering you. Let's go take out Rome. See what I mean? Yeah. 
exactly. there's no vengeance. There's no vengeance there. I mean, like, so I don't think baby boomers are trying to sacrifice their kids, but you know, we don't know what we're doing, right? Because we're not. We're just. We don't understand the hidden violence that's in our system. Just like, you know, if you attend some kind of sacrificial ritual in the Aztec Empire, and you were there's a crowd of fifty thousand people watching these heads roll and hearts ripped out of living people to the god of the sun or whatever you know they don't understand what they're fully doing right mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a really gruesome example but it's the same thing you know you're, you're locked in group think you don't know that social security and medicare are a scam that you know they've looted it for other things and that people should be allowed to opt out so they can take care of themselves the way they want to take care of themselves because you don't know it you just you just do it because that's what you do you know and, and that's, again, a product of what? Sacrificial violence. Sacrificial violence slows down and it retards progress, right? So when you're listening to this idea of the scapegoat, and I've talked a lot about different things here, but one of the things you need to remember is if you want to make your life better, the way to do it is, is to use this, this imitation of Jesus's personhood to unlock the power of groupthink in holding us back. So why is it that millennials and Generation X and baby boomers, they all have their own little scapegoat still? Well, the answer is, one of the reasons is they're all going to scapegoat violence-based education. Most of them are public school mm-hmm. raised, yeah. right? So whenever you have an institution that's founded on sacrificial threats of violence, it's going to have ineffective ability to understand what needs to be done because it's a monopoly that doesn't have to grow or change or adapt because it has violence protecting itself. Right. Uh-huh. And so when you rely on that kind of an institution, then you're not going to get the best kind of education to empower you to understand, wait a second, social security is a scam. Wait a second. It's immoral to force people into this stuff. Wait a second. There's a better way to take care of the poor. There's a better way to, to love our neighbor. There's a better way to clean the air. There's a better way to create clean energy. You don't get to even see any of these choices. Wait a second. The food pyramid is totally wrong. It's a lie, right? So how can single-payer medicine save what single-payer nutrition science killed? You know, single-payer nutrition is what we've had. Government nutrition standards has sickened and poisoned and killed millions of people. And now we have a sick healthcare system and everybody's still eating tons and tons of carbohydrates because we've been conditioned by a government violence-backed nutrition system and subsidized food system that has everybody on vegetable oils and processed foods and all kinds of carbohydrates that cause these terrible sicknesses. So they're in pain, they're suffering because of the retardation of knowledge that happens when we rely on violence-based institutions like government to tell us what to eat and tell us what medicine should be and tell us what that, because when they do that, even if they have good intentions within those bureaucracies, they don't know what they don't know because they don't have competition challenging their ideas and solutions. And so when you have one government, when you have local governments, state governments, federal governments, all giving taxes, tax dollars, subsidies, grants, all this stuff to certain universities and certain things, then good ideas all of a sudden get they get overshadowed they get scapegoated intellectually they get scapegoated people get fired if they challenge the i've seen people be brought on trial because they showed the science of ketogenic diet and they're put on trial and i think it was in some other country south africa or something like that it was a famous guy he he was vindicated but they tried to destroy his life 
because he challenged the dogma of official nutrition. So they, he challenged the high priests of nutrition. They had to sacrifice him. He won, but this, the, the thing is, is that's happening all the time for generations. So it's not a generational thing. Each generation you know, wants to act like they're the victim. They always want to believe, well, <laughs> if we were doing things back in our ancestors' time, we would not have, have killed the prophets. Yeah. That's, what, that's what they always, we wouldn't have killed Martin Luther King. And, well, I can think of that little girl that, who, you know, who just got up in front of uh, everybody and talked about how all the older people had done this or that with the environment when there's actually been a huge improve <laughs> to it. You know, but she wants to blame that generation, right? And kind of going on that. Maybe in my radio show, I interview people who are doing things in low energy nuclear energy. I mean, people who are using low temperature nuclear reactions to create excess heat. This is carbon free. There's no pollution and hardly any government. I don't even think hardly any state funded universities uh, and private, too, because private is just imitating the mm-hmm. government monopoly funding sources. So they're just little cronies, too. But, you know, like. There's hardly anybody even paying any attention to low energy nuclear energy. It's not even radioactive. There's no, I mean, in terms of there's no gamma, there's no uh, pollution problems, there's no Fukushima type problems uh, with this type of technology. It's very early, but there's no proper research funding even looking down that path because it kind of challenges the status quo of energy science. So, do you see how, like, so much of what we're fighting over is just like we're fighting over these unnecessary things. Like Greta really probably believes in that, that her story. And I've noticed she's well, a victim. She's yeah, a slain. She's like a lamb. She's mm-hmm. like a lamb, right? You know, like sacrifice the Jesus child. Jesus says he's the lamb of God. So here's this victim. Yeah, here's this child saying, you are sacrificing me. You are sacrificing me. So we have to tell our political drama in imitation of Jesus and the Bible. And so that's how we do our stories. We couldn't just come in there and have a billionaire say, you poor people are screwing me over. I've got to give you, you know, clean energy. You can't do it that way. That's the old way. You know what I'm saying? That's not believable anymore. Now you got to imitate the, the story of Jesus. So you got to say, I am a victim. And, and, and she really believes that. But the answer is not violence. And she doesn't understand that because she's being manipulated by a very violent, cynical people who are addicted to violent solutions. Yeah. And those people... They don't know what they don't know. They don't know that energy, you could have low temperature nuclear reactions uh, and, and develop these technologies so that we could power homes and communities with not needing any government subsidy to develop these. They don't even talk about nuclear, period. And nuclear would be the best place to get clean energy and, and renewable energy for everyone at a cheap price. But they don't even have that even as a serious part of the conversation. All they want to do is they want to rig the economy and take it and then take your money and then subsidize politically picked solar power companies and windmills and all these different carbon credit companies. It's just a giant racket of big, greedy, rich people and rich, greedy bureaucrats who are trying to create a sacrificial crisis. Uh, The crisis being, oh my goodness, the end of the world could happen because of our excess greed. Let's sacrificially destroy certain people, rich people, certain people, And then other rich people that are good people, they'll take over the new energy economy and we'll steer it in the right direction for everybody. Wrong. That's that's called religious fundamentalism. That's called superstition. That's called barbarity. So I don't accept the frame that these people give us. They try to tell us, okay, you get two choices. You can be pro dirty energy and oil. Or you can be, you know, for the Green New Deal stuff. And I'm like, no, that's like that's yeah. a stupid choices. That's like telling me you want to be a Pharisee or a Sadducee. Pick a team. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be either. Yeah. And there are people who are saying, no, pick a team. You can be a Pharisee or a Sadducee. And I'm like, I don't want either. Yeah, you sacrifice one way or the that's other. That's what we have to be. I don't want either. 
Yeah. There's a sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. I'm not paying. I'm not playing that game. Exactly. Let's kind of wrap up. I I loved one time you talked about um, Jesus being the true atheist, and and you know when we're talking about being non-religious anymore, um, let's kind of debunk that or let's talk about that, deconstruct it a little bit of what you were meaning by the true atheist. I mean, especially where all these people want to be non-religious, um, you know, give and give us some reasons maybe of of how we can implement what we've learned through, you know, scapegoats and a mimetic theory, you know, to help us basically, I mean, how can we apply this to our lives so that we don't end up destroying, you know, uh, civilization as we know it? All right. Well, the first thing is your own life. Um, I, I don't think you should vote for anybody that, that is saying they're going to do stuff that you yourself would find immoral to carry out yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. We want to stop the sacrifice. We want to stop that- harming violence. Uh, using so all those vote. tactics. So, so don't vote for, I wouldn't vote for people who are promising to do things that you, if you had to carry them out yourself instead of scapegoating the police to do it for you, uh, you wouldn't want to do it, right? So, um, you know, if you don't want to, you know, if you have a neighbor down the road who does a line of cocaine and you see that in the window, you see their, you know, you look in their window, you see them doing it. If you think it's ugly and awful for you as a person, to barge down that door and put a gun in their face and tase them if they move the wrong way and put your knee on the back of their neck. If that's wrong for you to do, it's wrong for you to do it if you get your whole neighborhood to do it. And it's wrong for you to do it if you get millions of voters to do it. So just don't do it. That's yeah. a, I mean, that's a great way to, to make the world a better yeah. place. And it would just be say no to that. Don't and, vote for that. Stuff. And then Number the other two. side of not, uh, you know, if you wouldn't storm into a millionaire's business and rob him blind of every, you know, because he was rich to give to the poor type of thing. You can do that yourself. Don't expect. I mean, I want to do both sides here. You know, like what the right would deem right. as well, horrible and what the yeah, left. The right, is. Yeah, the right is is there's a lot there. I mean, it's like, you know, again, yeah, if, if there's a lot of people that say, hey, I don't want to play for the community playground. I, I, I'm richer. I have money, but I don't want to play in this playground. Uh, I want to build a school in Haiti. And then the uh, government comes along and the, the voters as a mob say, excuse me. No, we know how to do your money better. We're going to increase your tax because we need to build a new park or a playground. And then you say, but no, I was going to build a school in Haiti. And then, then when we say, no, we have the more people on our side. So majority rules deal with it now yeah. obey or else. Right. Yeah. And, and so, th- so we're not Christian. I don't care if you're, if you're a liberal and you think that's okay, you're not living like Jesus. I'm sorry. That's a sin. And we don't like that word sin. It's scary. Sin means to miss the mark. Jesus said one thing, you missed the mark. You shot your arrow at a bird. And it was way off target. It wasn't even on the bullseye where Jesus was. You went and hit a raccoon or something. That's not, you know what I'm saying? You're far off the mark if you think it's okay to be a Christian and, and go along with soaking the rich and stuff like that. Have the rich unjustly had power in, some, in many cases? Yes, because the economy is rigged by violence, right? But you can't reciprocate that violence with more political violence. That would be a sin. That would be resisting evil with violence. You have to use the nonviolence of market voluntary competition and creative destruction to destroy the strongholds of unfair wealth advantage. That's a good one, right? Is that a, do you see what I mean there? Yeah. You have to use so, – so when you use innovation and nonviolent market creativity, that's how you beat. If you think rich oil people are greedy and they've used the government to have a, you know, subsidized uh, profits, well, you're right. But how are you going to beat that? You can beat it the bad way, which is to try to sacrifice them and then rig it for solar panel companies and, and crony capitalists and, and wind farm or whatever. Or you can do it the good way and create new energy that's too cheap to meter by using and thinking for yourself and challenging the standard 
model of physics and things that are holding us back maybe and finding solutions even with they defy the standards of acceptable science and then creating the world you want so that you know what i would love i would love it if the person who solves pollution is someone who totally doesn't believe in the climate change hysteria <laughs> wouldn't that be wonderful poetic justice i think you know, that's going like, on it's like yeah. the whole world even you know right <laughs> well it's like if you could create pollution free energy that's too cheap to meter but the guy who the, the steve jobs or the tesla who makes it or whoever it is says yeah i don't believe anything to do with this climate change hysteria but here you go world here's a new way to use energy that your government violence backed textbooks didn't even know where to look to find it i did it because i thought for myself like jesus I became an individual instead of a mimetic groupthink uh, sheep, and I was able to, to discover something new in nature that allows us to have energy too cheap to meter. And Or people say, you know, like I know of a, a group in England that's using antibiotics to cure awful uh, cancer. They, it kills cancer stem cells. These are cheap, generic antibiotics. One of them is azithromycin, the other is doxycycline. And these are cheap generic antibiotics that are used commonly for various things. And they wipe out cancer stem cells way more effectively than chemo, radiation, and surgery. And they're using human trials and they're finding even with a small dosage of an antibiotic that it's more effective than chemo and radiation. Now, that's such a shock that it makes it's like a slap in the face. Are you kidding me? It was an antibiotic maybe? All this time we've been marching for curing cancer with all these expensive patented immunotherapies and this thing and that thing. And you're saying potentially that antibiotics that cost pennies could be the thing that could help us target some of these awful tumors. That's such a humbling moment. Nobody wants to admit that the truth is that simple. But if you follow Jesus, you'll go and find that information because you're not locked into violent uh, group, violence. Group thing. Back group thing. Yes. That's, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's well, a, I'm trying to come up with a better word for statism, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to explain it to people that it, it's not just it's not just statism as like a government. It's it's the group thing that it creates in our culture. And it's backed by the the violence is what makes that group think stay longer than it should. You know what I mean? Well, and, and that's what I was trying to like with Jesus being the true atheist. When we talk about group think, that's the kind of the definition of a religion, right? That there's there's some kind of group think. And Jesus was the first one to break away from that religion and go, OK, let's think for ourselves to solve our own problems versus. Right. Jesus uh, anyway. is the end of religion. Yeah, Jesus is the end of religion. And he's the end of all the gods. Mm -hmm. So all the gods that we use today, are they're going to continue to fall apart. They're all collapsing. And the only true way to be an atheist is to be like Jesus. Because an atheist, in the true sense of the word, is the one who recognizes that the gods are not gods. They're just hidden victims. Yeah, those, you know, those the scapegoats gods aren't gods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. We, we look at these gods and the gods that we, we our gods are these ideologies, you know. Oh, we have to do it because the people's will. No, people's will is Thor to me. That's just a cover-up for violence. You just want to use an excuse to, to keep your groupthink magic intact. In so Sam Harris and all these people, they're thoroughly religious. They actually voted for Hillary Clinton and thought it was okay. That's totally religious. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, I mean, I'm not even saying it's just Hillary. It's any of these people. You know, you're, you're totally religious. You, I mean, you know, and, and you say, hey, hey, uh, to these these people who are who think they're not religious, it's like, well, why, if you're so not religious, why are you trying to destroy a person's career if they challenge the, the physics model that you believe yeah. in? They're, they're you, you guys really... are acting like a witch hunt here. 
they're really swapping one religion for another. Yeah, they don't have the the dogmatism of their of like uh, like well, I hate to blame it on the baby boomers or whatever, but of their ancestors, you know, they don't have that religious background or whatever of their ancestors, but they've picked their they picked another religion and they're just doing the same scapegoating instead of with a the name of, you know, whatever church, they're doing it with the scapegoat of government instead. Right. Okay. That's yeah, that's what. Yeah, they use they use they, they trust in well the will of the people. The voters have decided you should have obeyed the law. Mm-hmm. We're taking over. We have the another word they use is the mandate of the people. Whatever it is, they use all kinds of language to justify doing really awful things and really dumb things. But if you want to be a true atheist, you have to reject all the gods of of ideology, all the gods of our own making. You have to let go of all the gods of your neighbors, all the people you look over and say, yeah, I need to have that clothing or I need to have that kind of friend set or I need to talk like this person to be cool or I need to beat this person in my job and then I'll be loved. All those are false gods, too. So to be a true atheist is you got to let all of that go. And uh, atheism has nothing to do with uh, the kind of stuff that you hear on that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) The least. That has nothing to do. You can be thoroughly believing in God and then telling everybody you don't believe in God. And that's how you know you're the most religious is the ones who think they're not they're not locked in group things. So to be a true human person is to let go of your lie of your own little individual self. So, you know, like, oh, I, I know I'm, I, I rationally processed it and that's why I'm an atheist or I rationally processed it. And that's why I believe um, that we need to bomb uh, Syria to protect the Kurds. All these little this is nothing. You're just you're just trying to fit in. And, and we're all doing it, and we need to stop it. And it's not that hard. Just stop. Just say no. Stop coveting your neighbor's uh, house, your, his car, their um, family, their friend set. Stop coveting the way they talk, the way they sing. Just be happy with what you have, and then you'll realize that you're becoming actually, you're becoming like Jesus. And when you do that, then you're free from all this bondage of envy. Yeah. And then once you're free from envy, then you can create and have joy. And then once you create and have joy, you can solve problems and then you can serve your neighbor. And then guess what? You get to have that relationship with your neighbor in a healing way. Because instead of coming to them with envy in eyes, you come to them with gifts in your eyes. You say, here's what I did. I created a new homeschool curriculum. Wow, this is very helpful. I've never seen this before. Or you say, you know, here's here's a whole new way of, of, of eating that will actually heal this disease that's been plaguing your body. And those drugs are not doing anything for pharmaceutically. And then you go to your, you know, you legalize marijuana and you say, hey, just because I legalize it doesn't mean I think you should be a pothead. Here's something alternative you can do to give your life pleasure, right? So yeah. that, that's, what a, that's what a Christian does. They're a healer. They, they stop the violence, they, but they don't just stop the violence. They then provide an alternative. Here, they, here's they, how we can help you, you know? They minister um, to people, I, also, right? They minister to people. Yeah. They take care yeah, of each if other. I, yeah, if you're on a jury and you see someone arrested for prostitution, then you then you say not guilty because that means you're not going to throw a stone like the rest. You know, you're going to resist to throw the stones. That means you're following Jesus. You're obeying Jesus. And then when that person is free, you know, you say, excuse me, can I help you get a job? Because that's not a good way to live. You know, you got kids or something. That's a bad job. That's not that's not a healthy place for you to be. How can I help? Can my church get you some training? Can we come alongside and make sure we empower you to do what you need to do to, to have a life of dignity? So, so what, the, what, what the world tries to do is their imitation, they try to imitate this and they say, well, no, the action is good, the violence is okay. So you, you see what I mean? They flip yeah. it. 
Yeah. So they're legalizing weed because weed is, is good, not because it's wrong to use violence against people using weed. They always want to focus on the object rather than, no, the action of violence and government violence is what's wrong. And so, you know, look, here's the thing. There are so many secrets in, in nature left to be discovered. So we are not at the end of history. We are just at the beginning. There are so many things that we're going to realize. Cures for cancer right under our noses. I just illustrated one of them, antibiotics. Cures for Alzheimer's right under our noses. Diabetes, uh, heart disease, depression. I know uh, Harvard psychiatrist Chris Palmer, who is healing and curing schizophrenics of schizophrenia using a ketogenic diet. I mean, oh my goodness, people are saying, I don't hear the voices anymore, and they're doing it. It's, a, it's not just a do-it-yourself thing. It's a, he has to make sure you're doing it right, and he's monitoring how they do it. But they're using a very, very strict monitored ketogenic diet, and they're able to reverse depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. You don't need government to do that. You don't need sacrifice to heal your schizophrenia, because sacrifice will only produce drugs that don't really work. I think of all and the— you got to think for yourself and reject all the gods. <laughs> yeah, I think of the, the that? all the mental health issues that we have going on. And then, you know, we were talking about earlier about that diet that the, you know, government puts out for us. I did not mean for this to all be totally anti-government. Right. But, but basically, uh, and then we wonder why uh, people are sick. But, I mean, that's kind of where we're going back to. Yeah, is... I'm not anti-government. I'm not anti-government. <laughs> anti I I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't. That they, to be a Christian, you have to love your neighbor, every one of them, right? So, we have to, and it's a hard thing to do because I look at people in government who go to war for a lie, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so hard for me to find something redeemable about them. But we have to be able to talk to them too and redeem them too um, because they, you know, every, no one's irredeemable. And, uh, you know, that, that's not naive, that's real. You know, people can change, and it doesn't mean we should keep government in power. But what, here's what it means you can be against government power, but be for the people who are in it. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. You, you know, so, someone's doing a terrible thing to somebody, that doesn't mean you have to hate the person. It means you need to get them out of that bad mindset. They don't know any better, really. And they should, but they don't. So you got to deal with them and say, excuse me, you can't put a gun to that person's head because they did weed. I'm sorry. You can't do that. That's that's no, 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 no. It's bad. Don't do that. But at the same time, I'm not going to put a gun into you or tell you you're a terrible person. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. And that means people who understand liberty, we have to be able to have a conversation with people at the highest levels of power because every person needs to have this transformation. Not just, it's not just the good guys or us and the bad guys or all the people in power. No, we need to wash the feet of IRS agents, you know, uh -huh. wash their feet as Jesus did. Jesus washed the feet. Jesus dined with Zacchaeus. We need to, we need to take our IRS agents to, to Carabas. If you don't believe you should have an income tax, you should pay it, but then take your IRS agent, local IRS agent, to a restaurant, have a good time and get to know them and love them and maybe help them see a better solution. Hey, maybe, you know, you're so talented, you'd be better in a, you know, in a job that would be more fulfilling here. You know, you should use your talents in this area. You're good at this gift, that gift. You know, this IRS agent job may not be the best fit for you. Maybe there's a better <laughs> fit for you. Here's how I'm coming from this. Just, so you're loving people as persons, not just turning them into a, a, a enemy, right? Yeah, it's funny. We were just talking about doing that with the prostitute, and now we're talking about doing it with the IRS agent. It's the same concept, though, right? To be like Jesus, where we minister to right. each other, and we serve one another, and we help each other versus, uh, you know, that's that whole turn the other cheek versus using them as a scapegoat and then 
going after them in some kind of violent form. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's what Jesus was accused of. They said, you're dining with prostitutes and tax collectors. You know? <laughs> so, a, there goes that. <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Well, and I, I just feel so bad. I've taken so much of your time um, already. I, I plan on splitting this up into two episodes because I just think it's such an important topic and such a mind-blowing, um, just a different way of thinking uh, about religion, about science, <laughs> about being an atheist, about being a religious person, uh, it's really it really fits in that whole idea of trying to think differently or outside the box or for ourselves, like we would like with a Jesus. I'd love to hear, you know, before we say goodbye, uh, you know, first of all, where are you getting these ideas out into the world? Give us some parting advice uh, to our listeners as we end our conversation. Well, you can. I have this new podcast. And I'll we and can link to it. it in the show notes. Yes, um, I've listened to every episode it's David, so far. David yeah, it's called. I have it. I, I'm going to change the title right now. I have it as David Gronoski shows because it includes things hidden in the podcast and then my neighbor's choice radio show. So, but if you type in David Gronoski shows, you should find it on Apple and all the podcast players. And if it's not on it, let me know, and we'll make sure that it gets on your favorite player, uh, your podcast platform, whatever that is. I think we're on most of them. But that's that's like the place to find, you know, the podcast. And then the YouTube channel has videos of my radio show, my podcast, and then just interviews that I do that are just video interviews in and of themselves. So I'm doing a lot of different media types of work. So the, the best thing people can do is just subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's just my name, David Gronoski, on YouTube. And then type in David Gronoski shows or David Gronoski podcast, whatever you want to look for and subscribe to the podcast on Apple and review it and rate it and all that. And that helps, I think, get a new podcast started in terms of people being able to see it. And my main focus is uh, doing the radio show. and I want to expand that. So if you have a local radio station that you want to have my show broadcast in your local community, you should always you know, send me an email, let me know the station, let them know you want it, the show carried. Uh, and we can put my show on your local FM or AM station. I want to be on 500 stations teaching this stuff to everybody or more. You know, oh, I don't yeah. care. We really have can, a number. I want it everywhere. I can see a and, huge draw uh, for you in Idaho. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll go and talk to my radio station right now because <laughs> this is. Yeah, just... I mean, we, we need to be on. Yeah, we need to be on every station because this is a message that is this time has come, and we need it now more than ever because again. As you can tell, things are falling apart. Look at the headlines. We're not getting along. The pendulum's swinging. And uglier, yeah. But somebody has to step up. Yeah, it's, it's swinging back and forth rapidly. It's crazy. It's volatile. And um, we need, and so people are, are, are scared. And they're saying, you know, and some people and Christians are saying, oh, they're going to take away my right to worship or believe what I believe. But at the end of the day, the reason why they have that power is because we've we've ceded that power to them for so long. We we've we've handed over the right to deal with our neighbor. We've handed it over to government and said, okay, you go ahead and sacrifice the drug dealer, you go ahead and sacrifice the the raw milk seller. And then eventually that sacrificial bludgeon comes on to us when the voting crowd changes votes for a law that yeah, that changes against us and says, Hey, yeah, well you've set a precedent here that we can criminalize this nonviolent choice. So I'm going to criminalize your nonviolent speech. I'm getting rid of that speech. No more of that. You know, we're going to use the power of the mob to get rid of you to do that. You know, so that 
we're going to get rid of your right to, to speak. You know, and so that's that's what happens, though, when we when we set a precedent of of, uh, of violent coercion, you know, when we set that precedent to say it's OK if you don't like an action to use violence to solve it, then you create a moral and legal precedent for you to do that for all kinds of other stuff that you are doing. So mm -hmm. you have to it's like solidarity with scapegoats. If the homeschooler is not in solidarity with saving scapegoats like the prostitute and the drug user, then then that violence is going to come on the homeschooler and criminalize homeschooling. You see yep, what I'm saying? Yep. It's like a principle. If you don't fight for that principle of liberty for everything, then you are, you're going to compromise with sacrifice, and sacrifice is going to come back on you. So exactly. the, the way you protect it is that you always make sure that, yeah, that you always make sure that law is out of the reach of the crowd, that law is based on what we know is right, and that you, know, you only use law for violent stuff. So if someone's stealing, you use, use defensive force to stop it. Somebody's and if someone's murder, uh, assaulting, yeah, assaulting, or doing, yeah, murder, yeah, all that stuff, then you have a timeout place for people like that. All right, keep them away from people if they're going to do that. But if they're not doing those things, then leave them alone. And it's very simple. I don't really know why it's so hard for people to see that, but but <laughs> well, it's because it's of our addiction to our religion. It's because we're, yeah, we're, we're addicted to our scapegoat. But the, here's the thing: it's like the high is not going to make us feel good. It's going to make us feel worse and worse and worse. So it's better to just get off of it and go cold turkey. Just let go. Stop voting for this stuff. Stop going on these, you know, political ideological camps. Just let go of it all and then get to work making your life, uh, you know, cleaning your life up, cleaning up your envy. And when you do that, you know, then you're going to live life with mercy, not sacrifice. Yeah. That's what Jesus says God desires. God yeah. desires mercy not sacrifice. Yeah, stop looking for a scapegoat and start looking at yourself might be a good place to start for our audience for sure. So that's great. Well, look to Jesus. Just and, yeah, just yeah, imitate Jesus. Yeah, yeah use, use Jesus. him as your your mimic, you know, to to mimic his action. So that's awesome. I mean, what a what a powerful concept to think that, uh, you know, we can marry science, theology, um, you know, anthropology, all of that to actually make sense of our world. It's just been super fun talking to you. And I thoroughly enjoy his podcast called Hidden Things. This, again, we've been talking with David Gernoski, and he has a podcast called Hidden Things. Uh, also, Neighbor's Choice, which is, uh, you know, an, on an FM AM station in Orlando, Florida. But we need to get him everywhere talking about this. Uh, he has a YouTube channel right now is David Gernoski. Uh, I've gone on and seen some of it, but not all of it. So I'm definitely going to check that out. But I'm going to link all the information that we discussed today on our website as well. Um, but thank you so much, David, for coming on and just teaching us all about how all of these uh, theories work together. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for your, uh, having me on and uh, appreciate it. It's been a pleasure talking to you. So uh, appreciate your support and anything you guys can do to help get the word out of this new project. It's a, it's a new thing and needs a lot of uh, groundswell of support. So because there's a lot of work to do, we need to develop additional, you know, teaching tools and all kinds of stuff to get people to understand this from every Every angle, um, background, and educational level. Everybody, yeah, everybody needs to learn this stuff because it's, it's it's about their whole life. It's about how they deal with their business, their workplace conflict. Um, it's just learning how to apply Jesus's life in a practical way to everything you do, and that's what we're supposed to be doing if we want to, you know, imitate Jesus in the first place. Which, again, about seventy percent of people say they do because they call themselves a Christian. So, 
I guess we got to get started. So yeah, yeah. And, and, the, the, and if you don't call yourself a Christian and you think you're an atheist, join the true atheist of Jesus, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, very good. All yeah, right. And the, this, is, this is off the podcast, but I think that the podcast is called Things Hidden. I think you called it Hidden Things. Maybe they could oh, okay. correct that or something. Okay. So the, he, so he has a podcast called uh, Things Hidden. Okay, sorry. I have a little bit of dys- dyslexia, I guess, and I always do that. I swap oh, no words problem. around. No, no so, problem. It, okay. It, I mean, it, it's it sounds it sounds good either way, but I I noticed that when I typed in hidden things recently, it was another podcast. Oh. So that's why. I, I, oh, you don't want to do that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I, I made things hidden as my podcast, and then somebody, and then I looked, and I was like, I wonder if there's a podcast called Hidden Things. I switched it, and there was. I was like, oh no, people will probably mix them up, but. Why did know, you go for ones. why did you go for the name Things Hidden? Is it just because uh, you know taking Based the scales on, off of our eyes type of thing? And it's it's from that Bible passage, Things Hidden since the foundation of the world that he said that he's going to reveal things hidden. So okay. that's what he's he's revealing the scapegoat mechanism. Oh, that's he's awesome. going to reveal the thing hidden. Yeah, that's what he says. I've come to reveal things hidden since the foundation of the world, and that's what that's what he is unveiling. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Music featured in this episode from Scott Holmes. To learn more about our podcast, check us out at theluminousmind.net.